0: Let's welcome Richard. He's going to come and speak to us. Let's just say hello. That means round of applause. Round of applause, Richard. Come on, Richard. So it's really important when when other church leaders come to uh, speak with us that we recognise that we're we're coming under kind of Richard's grace and his um, his gifts as he shares, and we're delighted to do that to to as a church to. To step out of uh, out of our little bubble and say, actually, do you know what we want? We want to come under what you're about today, Richard, and, and we've given him a complete blank canvas to to speak and share as he feels led. And um, I want us to be really, really expecting to hear God speak because that's that's our experience of Richard, and it's our experience of having other church leaders come. Is that actually they're really timely words for us as a family? So let me pray, and then I'll hand over to you. And uh, you do whatever you want. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you for the story, the, the, the history, the friendship that he has with you. We pray, would you, would you open our ears to hear your voice through his voice? Would you open the words of the Bible to us? Would you make them come alive and speak into our day-to-day lives? Would you help the words spoken today shape us, lead us in growing into our original design? And deepening our friendship with the Trinity. Amen. Amen.
1: Brilliant. Thank you again, uh, Andrew. It's brilliant to be to be here. Um, Andrew said I had a little bit of window of, of time to share with you, and I'm thinking, gosh, I get bored of my own voice after after ten minutes. So uh, let me think what I can do. And um, if it's okay, I just want to first just to begin by encouraging you. Uh, with the journey that I think you're on with hope into action uh, and developing a hope into action house, um, I've got no idea where exactly you are with that journey. Um, but just to just to encourage you, um, I did have someone that was meant to be here today. I think he slept in, bless him. So maybe we could organise that for another time, Andrew, uh, one of our former tenants. So um, for those who may be uh, late here. Um, I'm leading Woodlands Southside Church now, which is a new church plant uh, with my wife, Nicky, in South Bristol. Uh, Before that, we led Fishpond's Baptist Church for nine years. uh, And that was um, very much a big kind of work of transition uh, from what, uh, in their own words, was a fairly uh, traditional, pretty sedate church uh, when we uh, we first went there. Being streamed, up. I always have to be careful what I say. I could uh, describe it uh, otherwise, but uh, but wonderfully, the, the church went with us, and they wanted fresh impetus, fresh vision, and um, uh, and uh, and I guess what we did was uh, those in the geography of fish ponds. It's on the edge of Bristol, really, uh, and so when, when we went to fish ponds, its its whole orientation was towards South Gloucestershire, uh, which is a significant ministry in itself. And I guess, I guess what we did, we did, we turned the perspective of the church towards the city. Uh, and as part of, uh, as part of turning it towards the city, of course there's homeless people everywhere who recognize that, but as part of, part of turning it towards the city, we developed a food bank, uh, we developed, um, work with uh, guys, at, guys in recovery, uh, ex-offenders, uh, and, uh, and really a, a key part of all this was uh, we, we developed two uh, Hope Into Action houses as well. And I have to say, when I look back on that uh, on that nine years, um, wasn't easy to leave there, as you can imagine. Which is which is nice, isn't it? Sometimes in the workplace or whatever, sometimes you're just only too glad to get out. Sometimes, aren't you? Other times, it's a little bit painful because there's a sense of emotion, and so it's a little bit painful to go. But we knew it was right in the Lord. Uh, but but doing those uh, to have hope Interaction houses was just an absolute joy. Uh, and so so please let me. Uh, let me encourage you just to, just to press on with it. Uh, I don't exactly know, know where you're at, but we developed two houses. Uh, we had um, six tenants across the two houses. Uh, originally we were going to do one house for guys and one house for ladies, but in the end it ended up being guys in, uh, guys in both uh, houses. Uh, we also, uh, as you'll be aware with Hope Into Action, uh, the, 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 you know, the houses can operate you know, with many different flavors. Uh, we did, um, recovery houses uh, so for those who were in recovery from uh, uh from drink uh, or drugs um it was me that used to drug test some the things they never taught me at college was uh certainly one thing i was never taught was how to drug test someone so it was a big it was a big learning curve but great uh but great fun but um yeah and so uh you know so it um well, we, were, we were the, the first, house, first house, first church in the city to partner with Hope into Action, and I'm just so glad that we did. Uh, and so we took guys, uh, took guys from the, uh, took guys from the prison. Uh, we took the guys who were in, uh, who had been homeless and were in emergency accommodation, uh, but it was just not helpful to them because there was just so much kind of wrong influence. Uh, around them. Uh, we took guys who actually we had naturally come into relationship with uh, through our food bank. Uh, the, the wonderful thing about Hope is that you are, you're, you're known across the city, aren't you, as a church that is very much worked at a ground level. So you already have many different kind of strings to your bow of kind of authentic uh, service here in the city, really amongst uh, the marginalized. Uh, and so there is the scope for also people coming into their The house just from natural uh, relationships that you have. Uh, It certainly wouldn't have been possible uh, if our church uh, hadn't got absolutely behind us. Fishponds is not a large church, it's just a medium sized church, uh, but the church, the church is one, Um, you know, went with us, which is just brilliant. So they helped us to uh, kit out uh, the houses. They provided the crucial prayer support. We developed mentors, uh, so every tenant had two. Uh, two mentors, and uh, it was fantastic that the mentors hoping to action give, as you're probably aware, some some basic training uh, but a lot of our mentors kind of thought, yeah, a bit nervous you know, some of these guys are quite tough looking, uh, you know they felt a little bit inadequate uh, but they weren't inadequate in the, in the slightest they were absolutely brilliant uh, another, um, being frank uh, another a moment of joy with these houses is um, obviously some of the guys that we took in were you know, was street tough, uh, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and um, unlike every church, we had a, we, we had a mixture of demographics, uh, but we did have some uh, more affluent, high-flying professionals. And you always have that question, don't you, of whether the, the high-flying, affluent professionals can actually make bridges to those who might have had a very different journey through life. Uh, and, of course, no journey is better than any other journey. Uh, but... Um, We've just seen astonishing friendships formed from demographics that you wouldn't have thought possible. Uh, I think one of our one of our, our key mentors, the you know, her husband, um, was a senior CEO of a hugely successful company, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and yet, she was uh, she has been mentor to a guy who's just come through that recovery process and has just been. Uh, just been so solid and so I think it can, so you may feel yikes, my life experience is so different. Can I really be of any use here? Uh, well, the answer is 100% uh, that you can. Uh, and of course we know it, don't we? God takes who you are. Uh, he shapes it. He multiplies, you know, your effectiveness, all that you have. And he can multiply beyond all kind of recognition. Of course we did have some tough moments. Um, I think our shortest length of time in the, someone staying in the house was 48 hours. Uh, and that was someone who'd uh, come fresh out of prison. And uh, I remember the conversation with the prison resettlement team. The lady was saying, lovely lady, was saying, i spent all morning. she said, yeah, yeah, I could refer any of these guys to you, but this is the one who I just know will be the one who will succeed. And he lasted 48 hours <laughs> so uh, uh, but wonderfully, I, I said to the team you know, we can't allow ourselves, have got to learn all the time haven't you, you know since you're doing this stuff you've got to learn, but we, we cannot allow the setbacks uh, to knock us off, off stride the need in the city is just too uh, just too big, uh, and so we uh, you know, you just go again uh, and so that's, that's really the route we went on and uh, yeah, so I say it humbly uh, you know, we've, we've seen some wonderful wonderful lives transformed, uh, some of whom but uh, now come to the Celebrate Recovery Group, which runs here. Uh, I know Christy, uh, quite well, and, uh, I guys know him even better. So we've seen guys come through to, to baptism, uh, and it's just absolutely at the heart, the heart of the church. Um, seen a couple of guys who, uh, got emotionally thinking now about it, who actually before they came to us had relapsed repeatedly in other places, uh, but by God's grace, actually, You know, we know relapse is a part of recovery. You know, recovery is so tough, isn't it? It's a part of recovery. Uh, But actually, once you can get past relapse, yikes, it helps. And so I think of one guy, actually we had to say to this guy, we used to drug, we we drug test them on the day they come into the houses. Lovely guy. Uh, His name's Leo, he wouldn't mind me saying. And he was due to come in, and uh, I think because we were a church, he didn't know us that well at that point, he thought that we wouldn't drug test him. He's moving in there, so hey, we just need to give you a test. And we just said, ah, there's no point. There's no point because actually I have used. Uh, and we just said, well, we can't. It's painful to say is isn't it? We, said, we, we we can't have you because we've got to protect the other tenants then. And uh, he went off again into other forms of less than desirable accommodation But came back to us a year later and said, you know what? I'm in a different place now. I'm in a different place. Would you give me another chance? Uh, God's a God of many chances, isn't he? So we took him in. I didn't use once, tested him every single week. He's now t- just celebrated two years at 100% drug free. He's come to faith, got baptised, and his life is just on a total, total different path. Um, the other thing that we did as well, which I think you would have scope to do here with with wisdom, uh, is... Um, as we've really got these guys volunteering across the life of the church. So these a lot of these guys actually formed at the front uh, the front end of our food bank team. Uh, and so we're meeting guests and carrying their bags for them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so just that, that desire, isn't it, that people have, even those who've had the toughest of life experiences, to actually give out to others. Uh, and uh, so that's just been a real joy. So I could go on forever, but just huge, huge encouragement to you huge encouragement um just absolutely go for it Uh, and if it's a help in any way at any point we could get some of these guys uh you know to come down here they'd be only they'd be only too glad uh to come but uh can i just pray for you in this in this so father god just thank you so much for this this church hope lord and i know that already uh hope has such a a reputation as a church across the city, a reputation for the best of reasons, Um, a church that is just known for their love and their care uh, for the most broken, uh, whatever form that might take. And I pray for them as they're thinking about developing a hope into action house, that you would just continue to give them wisdom, you continue to provide uh, all that they need, uh, and just pray that you would just release the perfect house and the perfect place for them. Uh, and already you would be uh, preparing the hearts of those first tenants uh, who are going to go uh, into that house. And so we ask uh, all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm just going to uh, share a few uh, thoughts this morning just on John chapter 14. We find it. Let me just read these uh, read these words. So John 14, I'll read from verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Amen. Amen. So I love this passage. One of the reasons I love it is just this picture of intimacy with God that it presents to us. picture of inti- intimacy that Jesus invited those disciples. This was, the, this was the last night of his life. You may remember. Jesus knew that he was going to be leaving them. And so clearly in this, this last evening, together with his disciples, he's wanting to give them real assurance of who he is, assurance of what the future is going to hold. And in the midst of this assurance, there is an invitation uh, for them to stay absolutely close uh, to Jesus. And as he's speaking uh, about giving the Holy Spirit to them, the advocate, you may be aware that in the the Greek it's the word paraclete, isn't it? That's the the Greek word that is used for advocate. And it means one uh, who will... Come alongside, one who will encourage you, one who will help you, one who will provide a defence for you. This is a sense of who the Holy Spirit is, God's great gift to us. And as we think about this, we, i just reminded again about how much God is for us if you take nothing else this morning, just take that reminder that God is for you. God is for you. Whatever you've done or not done, whatever you think about yourself, God thinks about you even more highly. I had a conversation with someone just a week or so ago, someone in South Bristol, a prison, uh, ex-prison background, and is looking to start a, uh, wanted to start a micro-business. And so I was just invited, just not that I know anything about business, but uh, I was invited with people far wiser than me who do know something about this, just to be part of the, the conversation as a kind of befriend uh, uh, to this guy, really. Uh, and as we uh, as we finished the time, I just uh, I just said to myself, uh, you know, God is God is for you, God is for you. Um, and he looked at me and he said, uh, he said, he said, how can He be for me? How can He be for me? I, uh, I mumbled something out, you know, you know, he's for you, in fact, he thinks you're absolutely amazing. And he was emotionally moved, but it's true, isn't it? God is for us, and I'm going to meet again with that guy now and journey for him, a uh, journey, journey with him a little bit where I can. But God is for us, and with the promise of His Holy Spirit, He's not only for us, but He's with us. As Jesus, that reminds us here. To it's lovely to, to see Claire. Uh, Claire here today with the amazing work that she's been doing across the city, encouraging churches to develop these fantastic hubs uh, for Ukrainians and um, this sense of God with us. I was being struck by this uh, within the hub that we have developed. It was Woodland Southside. We partnered with Victoria Park at Baptist Church to, to run a hub uh, together. Uh, there's a really... Uh, really poignant moment I mean, there's been lots of, of poignant moments it's uh i'm sure as you are running your hub here for those involved it takes wisdom to know how much to ask doesn't it because you want this to be a safe space you want it just to be a place where people can relax you want to be taking an interest in people's lives and their journeys but also you're slightly reluctant to ask too many questions when we're mindful that they're coming from such contexts of trauma um but there was a there was a lovely moment a few weeks ago when um, you know, a lady in her twenties just uh, recounted to me how she'd driven across to uh, to Ukraine to bring to bring her mum. She was living in Ukraine. She, she was the first over here. She went back to to get her mum, who was also at the hub. Uh, it was just uh, really interesting to hear something uh, of their uh, of their story. Um, her husband is uh, is over there now. We've not had any contact from him for over a month. So um, the resting of all the uncertainty uh, that that brings. Uh, and then she said to me, she said, um, can I get my, uh, can I get my nan? And I said, oh, what do you mean, can I get, you know, can you get your nan? And she said, yeah, can, I, can I get my nan? Uh, she's in the car. And uh, I said, no, of course you can. And she said, "Oh, well, she's not, she's not great on her feet. And I said, no, we can, uh, you know, well, how, you just, uh, just bring her in. Uh, and in walked her gran, just being her late 80s, and, um, understandably not speaking a, a word of English, and, um, I don't overly embarrass her, I don't do this, I shouldn't confess these things when Claire's in the room, should I? Uh, but, but I thought actually let's, I've got everyone to give her a round of applause uh, when she walked uh, in, into the room, just, and, um, just such a poignant moment, this, this lady in her late 80s had left, the place she'd lived all her life, being, you know, come to a foreign land, so to speak. And uh, we had one of our lovely translators just to say to her, just see this as a safe space. See this as a safe space where you are loved, where you are cared for. And at the end of that, I just said, you know, and God is with you, your circumstances might make you think that he's not, but he is. He's absolutely with you. And she was just emotionally moved, and it was just a a very poignant moment. But even when our circumstances might say otherwise, God has not forgotten us, he's not abandoned us, he's not left us as orphans, as Jesus promises, but he is profoundly with us. And so we do, uh, Lord, just pray for the work of this church with the hub, Lord, Um, all those on the team here. And we just pray, Lord, that you just knit those who are coming to Ukrainian hub here into such a place of love uh, and a community where they can just grow in strength uh, and just experience something of this church, Jesus. Amen. And then, of course, it got God is for us. God is with us by his Holy Spirit. And as Jesus says specifically here, the Holy Spirit is in us. How amazing is that? And there may be someone here particularly today who just needs to remember that. You may feel that you're in the thick of it. And you may just need to hold on to that truth today. That not only is God for you, not only is God with you, but He's actually in you. You are one hundred percent not alone with what you are going through. He's in you. And because God's Holy Spirit is in you, that is an amazingly powerful, transforming thing, isn't it?
0: Have the uh
1: had the privilege last, uh, I think it was last Sunday, I was back back for the first time at, at Fishponds uh, doing a baptism. And um, I could tell you the story in brief, couldn't I? Shall I tell you a, a good story just in brief? And um, as I say during our, during our times at, at Fishponds, and I say it humbly, uh, we just got a, a little bit of a, a reputation as a, as a safe space for those in addiction, uh, for those in recovery, and... Um, and there's a lovely, uh, a lovely uh, local lady living down the road, uh, she'd engaged a cap, someone uh, signposted her to cap, uh, to Christians Against Poverty. Christians Against Poverty doing amazing work. And, um, uh, Christians in Poverty, a you know, lady, uh, you know, said to her, uh, actually there is a, this lady's took me in church, uh, there is a church up the road that can help you. And the particular need of this lady, uh, was that her son, uh, was and still is to some extent a heroin and crack addict, and um, and she pretty much uh, given all her life savings uh, to fuel this habit. Uh, it was, it was a traumatic, absolutely traumatic story. Uh, so I had the privilege of uh, meeting with her and her son and getting to know them and journeying forward with them. And actually, it was really hard as a as a minister to do the kind of horrible thing of actually get the lady with the encouragement of others also to the point where she actually had the strength of character to actually throw her son out of the family home uh, because it just wasn't doing her any good and it wasn't doing him uh, any good. So you can imagine how painful that was for her. Uh, we'd also tried during this time to get him into rehab and he lasted about a week and then dropped out, but he's in a much better, praise God, he's in a much better, a much better place now. Uh, but anyway, so that, it's funny. Uh, the group that we had invited her son to go into, uh, one of our life groups, uh, actually his mum started to come to instead. Uh, and she just found a real a real home there. Uh, before, when she thought about the church, uh, she didn't think anything of it, to be honest. But because she was so desperate, she engaged. Uh, she had no prior understanding or even interest in the relevance of Jesus or the good news of the gospel uh, but because of the love of this group, um, she began to encounter God. Uh, and she came, she's come to faith, which is just an absolute joy. And then I had this uh, phone call from her, uh, just saying, uh, you know, Richard, um, as you know, I've come to faith. I'm getting baptised. Would you, uh, you know, would you come and, and do it? Which points 't yet and yet appointed a new leader and so I thought well I guess I'm not going to be treading on anyone's toes so uh, maybe I can just do it and so I went back and it was, it was amazing and I just did a little bit of baptism preparation with her and I hadn't seen her for about a year or so and I, uh, I met her at the bear pit I always meet people in lovely places, I met her at the bear pit and um, I stood at the bear pit thinking oh I hope I've got the right day because uh, you know she's not here and then I see this lady madly waving at me I'm thinking, why is that lady waving at me? And then I realize that it's the lady, uh, you know, who I'd gone to meet. And, um, she looked totally different, utterly transformed. And, um, and I just know that a central part of that is the Spirit of God working within her. She put on weight. Her appearance had changed. There was a glow about her. And she looked 10 years younger. She looked 10 years younger. Uh, and so just an absolute joy uh, to see the work of God in her life. Then actually, uh, uh, her son actually came just for the very end of the baptism and tears in his eyes. And he's saying, actually, he really wants to, to re-engage. And we, re- we recognize don't we, that we're working with those of addictions. It's a, it's a marathon and not a sprint. And we've just got to keep being uh, patient and loving uh, as, we, uh, as we support people. So we've got the promise of God's Holy Spirit. We've got God for us. We've got God with us. We've got God in us. Amazing promises. But, you know, we can't afford, can we either, to miss the first little verse of this text. We'd be doing it a a disservice if we missed it. That verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. Gosh, there's a little challenge there, isn't there? If you love me, keep my commands. Yes, this is an amazing invitation of intimacy with God's Holy Spirit. But there is a challenge at the same time. If you love me, keep my commands. Yes, God invites us to friendship. God invites us to intimacy. But both that intimacy and that friendship should lead to obedience. A walk of obedience a walk of Christ-centered discipleship where actually we're willing to die to self, we're willing to pick up the cross, we're willing to embrace whatever sacrifices the Lord might call us to make. And sometimes that, that's not easy, is it? Sometimes that's not easy, to lay stuff down and to pick up new things. I had to go through a little bit of that myself. Um, you know, this this first year has been wonderful working with, with Woodies and the team. It's been an absolute joy. But actually starting a new church, as you applied earlier, Andrew, it's been hard. It's been hard. And uh, hard at a community level. building a lovely, uh, you know, church community, but uh, trying to start a community where a faith, and historically a place where there's just been such little interest in the church, you're beginning, praise God, beginning to see, First fruits now. I'm beginning to pick up genuinely the first, uh, unchurched people, which is just a joy. And isn't it lovely when you, when you have unchurched people that come and join you, and then you hear them, and you catch them inviting other people to come as well. I've just started a group called, uh, Weatherspoons Wednesdays, where we meet at uh, 12 o'clock each Wednesday, um, just for kind of, you know, bit of, bit of a bit of a life group Bible, very low-key Bible group. And just to hear one of the guys inviting someone else to that group was just a, a joy the other day. So, almost a year on, it's getting easier. But gosh, if you uh, if you want to be emotionally satisfied and rewarded, uh, I'm not sure that you would rush to uh, to start a church plant. Certainly not in the, <laughs> certainly not in the first season. And um, yeah, and it's uh, my my wife is much wiser than me, much more perceptive, uh, and. And I did ask him a, session, a question. I said, why is it, why is it do you think that people are so toughened to the good news? Of course, not everyone is, but, uh, and I tend to hang around in the, um, obviously I didn't know any people locally, so I've spent a lot of my time in the kind of pubs that people say you shouldn't go in. So that, so the sector of Bedminster and other places, South Bristol, I go to that I'm operating in is probably the most marginalized. This is a, you know, these are, the rajas are not. I don't think they're particularly tough pubs anyway. I think their reputation is often exaggerated, but it's certainly a. I'm operating a, you know, with a kind of network of people which would, be, maybe, furthest from the church in some ways. And my, my wife's take on it is that they've never, they've simply never had genuine experience of of Christian community. So they've never had that love. They've never had that acceptance. Uh, one of the things, that some of you may be from South Bristol, you may be South Bristolian, The uh, one of the things I do love about them is that they're so straight-talking. Uh, and so when I, you know, and I've been very upfront as well and said so what we're doing, uh, people will say, you know, why would I ever consider coming to your church when I've seen my wife die? Or why would I ever consider coming to your church when my, when my, when my partner's got cancer? Or those kind of life issues. So I appreciate the honesty. Uh, even if, uh, even if sometimes it's said with a, a little bit of force at times, uh, let's let's get these things on the table, isn't it? And uh, but actually, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, and actually, some of those people are are softening now. But gosh, it's it's taking uh, it's taking time for someone like me who's naturally impatient. <laughs> but um, but back to this: if you love me, if you love me, obey my commands. And it is a walk of love, isn't it? And it's a choice we have to make. Are we going to obey Jesus? Are we going to respond to his invitation to obey him because we love him? You know, sometimes of obedience, sometimes people don't have the choice, do they? Um, you know, when you think about the horrible situation of people who are, you know, trafficked into slavery or locked into modern day slavery, what is the estimate, that the most conservative estimate is about 40 million people are locked into slavery. Um, and those people almost have no choice but to engage with that until different individuals or agencies can work uh, to see them released. But we have a choice whether to obey, and it's a choice that needs to be motivated from a place of love, and it can it can come with the ultimate cost. Uh, myself and Nicky, we work uh, alongside the stuff of About one day a week. Uh, we work with a, a church planting organisation that. Um, Trains indigenous church planters uh, in the Muslim majority world, uh, and so we do some um, online coaching, uh, and we go out to uh, go out to different countries. Uh, off to uh, off to Kenya the week after next, uh, where we will be. Um, have to be slightly careful because this this is streamed. Where uh, actually actually we, we're using Kenya as a third country uh, because there's a, there's a country very nearby where. It's simply too dangerous for anyone. It's too dangerous for the local church planters, for people from the West to come alongside them because it would just draw too much attention to them. Uh, And so we are paying for them to have a week's retreat uh, in Nairobi uh, where we we will go and just do some peer-to-peer. You know, the reality is I think we'll learn more from them than they do from us. Uh, But they feel, uh, you know, they as, as is often the case in the kind of persecuted church, you can call it, these guys feel, men and women feel quite isolated. And so even just that sense of friendship, company, uh, and little bits of coaching, it's just so appreciated. I've been to other places like Iraq, um, Somaliland, got a huge heart for Somalis, a bit of a God-given thing here in the, here in the city. Uh, the Lord's put on my heart. Uh, but I know that as I, as I do stuff with the Somalis and a bit of online coaching with Somali uh, church planters, you know these guys have to be willing to, uh, you, know, you know, to risk to risk losing losing their lives. And in fact, some of them have seen, you know, their peers literally lose uh, their lives uh, in the midst of that. Um, but actually, if the Lord is ever going to bring us to a point where we're willing to lose our lives and pay the ultimate cost, well, He has to train us in that way by us dying to. To self in the everyday things of life, isn't it? So let me encourage you at Hope, and I know you're a church, and you can't be around, uh, Obviously, I know, I, know Andrew, I know Chris and Alice better than Andrew and Rebecca, but I'm sure the same is just for you guys. You my experience of Chris and Alice, because they're amazing people, challenging people, and you cannot be around them before you get impacted by their sense of godliness. And I just know that that will be the same across hope. So just, uh we say, just hold on to that godliness, embrace it, because it goes hand in hand, doesn't it, with all the amazing community initiatives, all the amazing ways that you're pioneering and you're serving in the city if that comes alongside a kind of grace-filled, invitational sense of holiness, it's those two dynamics together, which I just know that's, that's what the presence of God is seeking, isn't it? That's what God absolutely uh, wants, to, uh, wants to anoint. And just very last, there's a coming to land. So we've got the promise of the Holy Spirit. We've got the call to obedience. Uh, and of course, if you read on in John 14, uh, you come to the amazing promise uh, of God's gift of peace, that undergirding all this uh, is God's peace. This little quote from uh, C.S. Lewis this uh, C.S. Lewis quote God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself Because it is not there. There is no such thing. And we know that's true, don't we? But when we're talking about true happiness, true contentment, when we're talking about true peace, you cannot separate that from who God is. You cannot separate that from the heart of the good news of Jesus that we cling to. And it's that offer of peace, that assurance of peace, which again undergirds our place of intimacy with God, and motivates us just to lay down our lives uh, and to walk uh, in that spirit of obedience that God calls us to. So that's about it. There's something there that uh, you can just chew over, take away, ask God just to expand and apply uh, to your different contexts, circumstances, circumstances, but just to encourage you, this this church is just so loved, so respected across the city. And actually, as I remember very lastly, very, way before we'd started any transition stuff at Fish Ponds, just remember, where was it that we came to? We came to here. We came to here in one of those rooms up there, I think. There was Silas and some guys in recovery and ex-offenders. And I sat there and I thought, do you know what? I don't think we could ever do anything like this. This is, like, this is another level. And in a way, we never did do anything like this because every circumstance is unique, isn't it? But actually, we developed things way beyond that, which I thought was possible. Uh, but having the inspiration of this church at the very beginning of that journey was just so important. Shall so I pass back to you, Andy? You'll lead us on in your wisdom. Yeah,
0: let's no, thank you. Say, 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 say. Um, So so we've got five minutes. One of the things I particularly appreciated about um, Richard sharing was just how how clear it was that that you have a great gift to bring God into ordinary moments. You know, just every story that you shared there, there was just a moment where you just brought God into it. I would love you to pray for that gift for us. And then we'll have a couple of minutes to pray for Richard. Um, but you pray for us for that thing and then I'll lead us to pray prayer for you.
1: Okay, well, if you're able to, why well, don't I
0: invite you to stand?
1: Well, Father God, I just thank you for each of my friends uh, here today. I thank you, Lord, that I just know that I'm amongst people who love you and people who just want to see your best in their lives. And as they stand here now, Lord, I know that they represent so many different circumstances, so many different groups, so many different networks. Uh, And I just ask you just to inhabit each of those by your Holy Spirit. I want to pray for their friendship groups, as their key friends come to their minds, those who they would just love to come to know you pray for their friendship groups. I want to pray for their families, particularly family members, or the children or parents or extended family who don't know you. I want to pray for work colleagues, work colleagues that some here might have been praying for for many years. And at one level, they might be struggling to see where you're at work. Well, this morning we confess again that you are at work. You absolutely are at work. And we say, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep standing. We're going to keep going until we see breakthrough. And pray for those who maybe have callings that they've not yet begun to step out to, particularly callings maybe with the most marginalized. I mean, your word in Isaiah speaks about those who are locked in darkness. So particularly pray for those who just have a, a natural resonance for those in our city, those in the nations, uh, who are seemingly locked in spiritual darkness. but Those people that are already engaging in those areas and you're calling into those areas, that you would give them through your spirit such a tenacity of spirit that they would just keep going. And so we just ask you to release our words, release our actions, release a fresh spirit of courage upon us. And we pray for those moments, Lord, when we we all face them. We say, you know, do I say something or do I not? Do I act or do I not? I pray, Lord, with wisdom, you would take all of us into a season where, like with the ready feet of the armor of Ephesians six, actually our default would be to speak, and our default would be to act for Jesus, even though it might come at a cost. So, Holy Spirit, anoint. Strengthen, encourage, and just help them to persevere, and help them to do this as a community of faith together, where they draw off each other. Amen.
0: Thank you, Richard. If, um, if you have a word of encouragement for Richard, then please do share it with him afterwards. What I'd like is just two people to, to pray for Richard. Your prayer needs to be under sixty seconds. No, 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 no. It's a good good discipline. Um so who wants to pray for Richard? And then if you have a word or something hello, come to you, then please share them with him afterwards. let's go big and encourage them afterwards, please, all right? You know, he shared there about church planting is not easy, it is not easy. And uh, we're in a totally different space and so our words of encouragement can cut through sometimes to exactly what he needs. So please afterwards, do encourage him. But two prayers. Helen, I'll come to you. Who else wants to pray? Just so I know where I'm going afterwards. One other person to pray for Richard, please. Thank you, Jane. Helen, first. Okay, I have the words, come all who are thirsty. Father God, we pray for Richard and for Nicky and for all at Southside um, that that would be a place where people come to to know you to be washed by you to be um, to be quenched of thirst by you um, and father god i pray that you would give the team um all the all the resources the strength the wisdom the the, the daily and hourly knowledge that you are with them and in them through the power of your holy spirit Oh, no. yeah father thank you for richard and his wife and richard i, I, I beginning begin in a service I, I felt like this walking intrigue and i wasn't sure why but i think i think it's something about um when you're you know really respect you walking with people but they're walking really slowly and that's why it's And you're, you know you, you have to walk that slowly and that's why it's so hard sometimes and um i just want to Bless that time of walking in tree and that in that space, you know, amazing things happen because we are right there with people and I bless this um spirit of your spirit, Father, moving you know, in in these relationships and that's what we want and that's what we want to to move into too. Amen. Let's thank Richard again. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you so much, Richard. <laughs> really appreciate it thank you that brings us to an end and um, don't forget your children uh, but it's been wonderful being with you and and we look forward to seeing you again soon thank you so much